0: And then they saw me in a bra and that was it.
1: What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You are listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm Brad Lyons.
2: And I'm Brad Blazek.
1: How you doing?
2: I'm good, dude. We're back. We're back. We are back. Did you miss me, Brad Lyons? Of course, man.
1: We actually like didn't what? talk all
2: week. I know. That was weird.
1: Yeah. We'd normally get maybe like, like one conversation in. Something. Something. I don't
2: even think I texted you all week. Oh. Uh, did
1: you get oh, my nudes?
2: well yeah okay i don't count that. i mean those always are coming so
1: <laughs> steady stream of nudes yeah. line. yes yeah that's that my would've been weird don't judge me
2: no dude i'm
1: not hurting anybody i'd only send them to brad
2: yeah i know that that gets you off
1: oh my god <laughs> come on man
2: i mean i asked for it i did yeah sorry uh, so I just the let joke it go. I asked, right? <laughs> oh boy! All right. Come on, well, that was the good. Single podcast Come on. I mean,
1: I'm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I know it was a good one if I get a delayed laugh from you. Right, yeah. If I just hang out for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. You can hear wow. the, the 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 rumble of the blazik laughter. <laughs> Growing. It's
2: coming. It's coming.
1: What's uh do you have a good week? There did, it is. It pretty right when I yep, ask you if yep, you have, have a good talking. week. Truck. Uh sorry everyone about the truck noises. There's literally nothing I can do about it.
2: Yeah, me either. I could move. Yeah, you need to move. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, Just do you have an alright audio? Week? Uh
2: yeah. It was pretty busy.
1: Yeah, it was a busy week, so, it was good work and, yeah I kind of like having those really busy weeks right before um, a holiday week And especially this one, cause, what, the 4th is on Thursday, right? Yeah And So, technically, we're only closed on the 4th, you know, officially But, let's be real here No one's doing shit mm-hmm. after noon, after 12 o'clock On, on Wednesday. Wednesday, right and nobody's doing shit on Friday. <laughs> right. So I kind of get like a, what is that? A four and a half day weekend. Right. So I'm pretty, you know, when it's really busy like this, it's easy to go, man, next Wednesday afternoon, you're going to be mm-hmm. golden for four days. Yeah.
2: You just got to get through like two days and then it's like, you know, party time. Yeah. Because Wednesday is like, that's like easy day. Yeah. Hump day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest too. It's not like I don't have some brutal
2: job. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like taking refrigerators upstairs. Yeah, like that. In this heat. In the yeah. heat. That's yeah, fun. It's a good time. I do need to. I need to move down there. Come on. I can. I can. I can record people, right?
1: Oh yeah, you'd be great. I could do voiceover. Yeah, the software would. T- yeah, you could do your. Your thing would just be a Chicago accent.
2: Right. Yeah. Even though you don't have one. If you call it ice cream, you're not going to have a good time. Was that pretty good? What was that from? (laughs) Just something I was watching on TV today. These people, this guy that owns a frozen custard stand in Milwaukee, he was saying, like, if you call it ice cream, it's not going to go good for you.
1: You just thought you would drop that
2: in? Yeah, well, he had that that Milwaukee Chicago accent down you. pat. I got you. All
1: right, so episode. Oh my god, dude! It's episode ninety nine. I know. I know. I didn't we even realize that.
2: I don't think. I mean, yeah. I did, but uh, yeah. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. What have you? Have you come up with some grand plans for one hundred? Me? <laughs> yeah. You. Well, you haven't even thought, thought about it, have you?
1: No. I knew it. That's, I just, it's so funny. Like, I don't. Yeah, that's, um, Barker,
2: that's for you. What? Nothing. What are you bringing Barker into this for? <laughs> because I'll read you. I was texting with him the other day. Oh, uh, okay. And. Uh, what? Uh, I'm trying to think what he so he We were going back and forth about episode 100. Mm-hmm. And I was, he, cause he asked like, are you, are you like, w- like nervous or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, I'm nervous. And I just went on and on and on about, you know, just being whatever. And I said, I bet you haven't even thought about it. Yeah.
1: We <laughs> see, I don't know. For some reason, like milestone numbers like that just don't, it's kind of like me with birthdays. I just don't like, I don't know anyone's birthday. Yeah. Except for, you know, like, really close family. You're easy because you and Leslie have the same birthday. Right. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah. Clint's my best friend. I think his birthday's in November. I could be totally wrong.
2: I don't know. He, I don't even know. I think it's coming up. Maybe. But if, it, yeah, November. But I think I'm it's just bad about that su- kind of stuff. I, I don't know. Yeah, I am too.
1: Yeah, so episode ninety nine, we're gonna talk about immortality. I'm psyched mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, uh, but first we're gonna um, we're gonna get straight to the emails. How about that? All right. I, I. Why don't you go first this week? I think I oh. went first this last week. All or right. Did you ha- or did you have a plan? Yeah, I did have a plan. Oh, you did have a plan. So tell me the plan. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go first. Oh, look at that! <laughs> Vulcan mind meld.
2: Uh, into the Vetter solo show. This comes from our buddy, our new buddy, French, French,
1: now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll let you start the email and then we'll come back to what you just did.
2: Okay. Uh, hello, Brad's. Here is Francesc Guillemon from Barcelona, the one you renamed as Gigi. Gigi! you, Gigi, you made me laugh. Can I call you Bra Bras? Yes. Can we? I like it. Uh, I have to say that you did much better than I thought pronouncing my name. Blazek said it perfect. Congratulations. Okay. Now, why
1: did you butcher it? And, and the, the funny thing too is like when it was time for you to say who the email was from you butchered right. it and then you started reading the email and you spoke perfectly again
2: oh i i because you know i'm jazz man i don't know what i'm doing i do it this way one day it and then was I worth say it, it for it that way another. continue <laughs> um where was i there is a oh wait hold on uh, and you also had a good eye saying it doesn't sound Spanish. It's not French, though. It's a Catal- Catalan. Catal- I don't know. How. What is Catalonia? Catalanese name? Is that how you say That's that?
1: That's not at all what he wrote.
2: You just yeah, added that- an E's. <laughs> because that doesn't sound right either. It is a Catalan name? Sure. Catalonia? Wouldn't that be like Catalinese? Catal Catalanese? Oh, I don't
1: know. I'm just messing with you.
2: Yeah well all right well there is a region <laughs> in Spain called Catalonia where we also speak Spanish but we have our own language so again you did a good job guys um we should like start our own language like me and you mm-hmm. like twins you know how twins have their own like yeah. like they know what they're saying sure can we do that I think we kind of already do that's <laughs> what this is when
1: somehow all right. people listen to it.
2: Yeah, I don't know how they understand anything that comes out of my mouth. About the Into the Wild episode, I loved it so much. I'm so glad you enjoyed the movie. It was nice that Amanda was with you. I'm sure you must be so proud, Brad. I am so proud of Amanda. Should be. Um, she got a tattoo last week. Did I tell you that? Was that before or after we saw you? Must have been after. It
1: was after. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, is that weird? Like that I go with her? Like, cause like, isn't the like cliche like you can't have tattoos? You're a child.
1: Not for our generation. Yeah, that was like Would you that go was with the baby Aiden? boomers. <clears throat> Would Does I Aiden
2: want tattoos? Would you go with him? Uh, he hasn't
1: mentioned it yet. But I mean, yeah, if he was old enough, I'd go with him and get tattoos.
2: Do you have any besides the one on your arm? I thought you told me you did. No, uh uh-uh. uh,
1: I'm actually just, meeting. Just- i've got a bunch of ideas that i want but yeah but but my ideas are all things that i have to get an artist to draw because they're not things that they can just copy right you know what i mean so i think i found a guy though that i'm gonna set up a meeting with here in town
2: you never even responded i texted you about getting an spt tattoo i don't remember saying that yeah, I guess not. <laughs>
1: Wait, us getting an SBT tattoo?
2: Me, me oh. getting one. I almost got one with her, but man, it's so expensive. Holy shit!
1: For just uh, three letters? Yeah.
2: Uh, it was going to be the like uh, the logo, the real to real. Just that, not just. the, I got you. Well, it's just a circle with like the three. Sure. Well, how much would that be for like like the size of one of the stickers? So like a three inch circle. Color? Uh no, just black. Well, yeah, just black.
1: I don't know, 150 bucks.
2: Okay. So I'm not crazy. He wanted like two fifty to three hundred.
1: Oh, uh, that seems like a lot, but I don't have a million tattoos mm. either, so I couldn't tell you. Maybe he's yeah. worth it.
2: I mean, he's good. He did hers, but holy shit. I was like, that's a lot. Yeah. Have you but forgotten about Geeky? No, I have not okay okay just making sure. <laughs> uh, when I saw it in the cinema, I didn't know spoilers that Chris McCandless was about to die was going to die. The book tells that at the beginning and when I saw the end and especially when they show you his real his real face, tears came to my eyes. I think that the sad point of the story is that he realized about the importance of being close to people he loves when he is alone in Alaska and there's no turning back. Uh, it's there when he writes the book. Hap- uh, writes in the book. Quote: Happiness is only real when it's shared. Unquote. And it was a huge message for me. And I took I took that as an important rule of living. Um, I don't want to say goodbye without telling you how I, uh, I how I lived Eddie Vetter's solo show last week. It was so beautiful. You should go at least once, guys. The atmosphere he creates is, is different from a Pearl Jam show, and maybe at some point I missed Mike killing some solos, but Ed's voice was hypnotizing, and with with a quartet of strings and Glenn Hanser's help, they totally filled the music. Uh, here's some interesting points. He started with a song called Cross the River. I don't think it's a cover, and I never heard it before. Eddie was playing the piano uh, keyboard. Did you ever see him playing keys before? Have you ever seen him playing I don't think so. Actually, I haven't either. But I did after I got this email. I looked up this song. It is a new song, um, and Eddie's playing like I guess it's like a pump organ. Is that what you call okay, that? Yeah,
1: yeah. doing and like a pretty, Neil Young pretty, thing.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty cool song. It's real, you know, slow and like um, he opened with it. Looked nice. In like. um, the encore, they played alive as a uh, in a very special mode. I don't want to tell it in case someone is going to see the show, but it was fun. Before he played Guaranteed, Eddie said this song was written for a man he has never met, but he thinks about him a lot, and it's like his brother. Um, He was talking about Christopher McCandless. That's cool. He had a shout-out for the members of his band. He said, Jeff Stone, Mike, and Matt, I miss you, and I can't wait to tour with you again. I found it so lovely. That's, I like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but before playing sleeping by myself, he said that until he comes back home in two weeks after the Europe tour, he will sleep by himself because his wife is not with him. And he made a joke saying that at least it wasn't a heartbreak. Um, he said now that, uh, now it's the last week of school for his daughters. Um, I found it funny as he never talks about his family. That's all. Thank you for another week's episode. I can't wait for more. See you soon. Bra bras. <laughs> Thanks. <Gigi. laughs> um, we should mention that Janan and Aurelian are both listeners uh, of yeah. us. Are at the show, the Eddie Vetter show in Dusseldorf, like right now That's as so we're cool. recording this. Wow! Uh, they didn't go together, but right. they were both were like going. And I think on I think on Instagram they were trying to like meet up since they were both at the show. I saw some comments between the two of them. So that's awesome um and Aurelian we we have to shout out. I don't think we talked about this last on the last episode, but he came up with um, like a sticker with like all the logos from us. But just wanted to thank him for making a sticker to give out at some of these Eddie Vetter solo shows that had like our name on it and of just a few of the other Pearl Jam podcasts out there. That's so, cool. Aurelian that that was awesome. And sorry we didn't say anything about it earlier, but we really do appreciate you doing that for us. Hell
1: yeah. Good people out there, man.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: All right. Thanks again, Gigi. Let's see. Where am I? There's my window. Oh, John Farrar. (laughs) I get the Farrar. All right. It says, so you finally did it. I was expecting to have to defend this record after you tore it apart, but I'm glad you have an appreciation for it now. Did we really tear it apart? Or is it just one of those things that people love this record so much, especially, you know, obviously tying it tying it into the movie as well, that because we weren't too gushy about it, I, it seems. like... I think...
2: Yeah. I think um, he maybe he thought we were going to go off on it. Mm. And then he was glad that we didn't. I gotcha.
1: Well... Um, let's see here uh, there's a great description of how it all came together in the PJ-20 book these songs serve the movie perfectly little vignettes that help you understand what Chris was going through they were never going to be Pearl Jam songs and that's what makes it unique I agree with that, totally I, I like, now that I have the context of the movie um, I like that they're not Pearl Jam songs, or didn't turn into those you know, yeah Uh, Matt Cameron was the one who suggested that the band started playing Setting Forth live in 2011. Often they use it as a sort of an intro to Not For You. Uh, I uh, I saw Ed Solo in 2009 in Atlanta. He played a lot of these songs, along with interesting covers and a few Pearl Jam songs. At the Columbia, South Carolina 2016 Pearl Jam show, he came out for the first encore and did Rise, which was great. It's the only time he's done it. Uh, it's the only time he's done it at a PJ show. Looking forward to your hour long dissection of <laughs> you wanna say it?
2: Hey Faka.
1: <laughs> John. <laughs> Thanks, John.
2: Yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah, I mean I don't know. There's not much to say. <laughs> no. But I'm glad I'm glad we didn't have to have him tear into us because we did enjoy the movie. Oh, hell yeah. Man, I'm not kidding. So,
1: I've thought about it like, hold on. I, I happen to sit in the squeaky chair. Let me uh, mm-hmm. switch these out real quick. It's going to drive me fucking crazy. There we go. There we go. This one's cushy too. All right. All right. Uh, man, I've I, not every day since I watched the movie, but I'll be thinking about things just kind of throughout my day and something will kind of I don't know. Remind me of the movie.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know if I told you or if you saw, but like when me and Amanda left your place, we went to Chattanooga. Right. And the next day we ended up on, like on a mountain and we were like hiking down this trail on one of the mountains up there. Um, and she said something like, this is just like, like this is our version of into the wild. And we, we hadn't really been planning on doing this. You know what I mean? Sure. But it it was. We were, like, fucking on a mountain, walking around, like, hiking through, like, the bushes. And we came to, like, a – um there's a waterfall and, like, a suspension bridge. It was crazy. And, yeah, I was, like – I was thinking about the movie because we had just watched the movie the day before, right? And I'm like, "This is," and I went on Instagram Live for a few minutes. Well,
1: and I had just come back from Dismal Canyons. That's right. Um, Yeah, not really canyons. What's caves? What do they call that? What do they call it? I'd use the wrong word. It's the Dismals, but maybe it is. But there's nothing. I think it is. Anyway see the dismal lights yeah. and we we did like a night hike and then mm-hmm. spent the night and then woke up in the morning and did it during the daytime where we could see everything yeah and uh and then we came back and watched that movie so
2: yeah i yeah, had it the other way
1: around but yeah It man. was pretty cool absolutely all right well speaking of janine
2: mm-hmm Hi, guys. glad uh, I'm glad you didn't re- record a new episode this week because I didn't have time to write in an email for the last two episodes, which were fantastic. I love the Into the Wild movie and the soundtrack so much, and I was waiting for you to talk about them for a long time. Thanks for both episodes. It was good to hear Amanda's comments on the movie as a voice of the younger generation. I was a little disappointed after the first one because of your comments on the song I love so much. Uh, But you made up for that on the second episode, so I forgive you. (laughs) Uh, I'm just joking. I'm not judging anyone's tastes. You know, Kate has a podcast, and she definitely was judging me because I said some bad things, I guess, about ukulele songs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you sent me Uh, that clip. They both were. Jesse, Jesse too. They both were. They made me laugh so hard, though, because... i just heard i've heard over and over my whole life the comments they were making about me like i think jesse said something like uh what are we going to do with him yeah and then kate was like um how oh, what did she say oh he i love him but sometimes he makes me want to strangle him yeah yeah i <laughs> so, think i
1: feel more like <laughs> mm, no I, I think both of them hit it right on the head actually <laughs>
2: I know, exactly. I'm All behind. Because right,
1: they both had, like, solo episodes, too. I'm behind on their podcast. i got to catch yeah. up.
2: Oh, well, speaking of Janan, Kate did her solo show uh, talking about the 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 Pearl Jam show that she flew out to Amsterdam to see with Janan. And Janan has, like, a special appearance at the very end where she, like, recorded herself talking about her experience. Oh, really? So yeah, you get to hear Janan's, like, you got to watch, you got to listen to that one. Yeah, It was sure. So it was really cool to hear Janan talking about her whole experience, so.
1: Yeah, I want to hear that, because uh, whenever we have, um, you know, an email from her or something, mm-hmm. uh, like a song makes me think of her, something like that, like a Pearl Jam song or something, I hear, I think the only time I've ever heard her voice is when she sent us that intro.
2: Right. And so that's no, what I this, hear in my my
1: head yeah, every time.
2: No, this you get to hear her go on and on. It's that's really cool. cool. Awesome. So yeah. Uh the Porch podcast. So she goes on. I'm not I'm not going to try to express my feelings for Eddie's solo albums. I like Into the Wild better than ukulele songs. I love every song on the album, including Wolf, which I like listening to back to back with Ark. My favorite line on the album is, quote, I know all the rules, but the rules did not know me, unquote. And I think my favorite song is Rise. I can't see why you don't like it. You should watch the live version of that song from uh, Water on the Road. Eddie makes uh, funny jokes about it before he plays it. I still don't understand what he says at the end. By the way, Water on the Road is a must-see to understand the songs and Eddie's opinions and emotions about Chris McCandless and life in general. His speeches in between songs are really meaningful. Have you seen that? Have you watched that solo? I got it for Christmas a couple years ago. It's pretty cool. Nice. She goes on and says, I watched the movie before I got into Pearl Jam around 2010, and I watched it again after I listened to the soundtrack many times. On the second time, it was great. Um, watching it, waiting to hear Eddie's voice and the songs as being parts of the movie for which they were written for. By the way, I watched the movie for the third time after I listened to your Into the Wild soundtrack episode. It never gets old. I appreciate it more, and I find something different each time I watch it. I uh, Just <laughs> have a nice week. Take care. Best, Janan.
1: Yeah. It's that's good art man when you can watch something or listen to something or see something you know multiple times and get something new and profound from it every time that you didn't get the time yeah, before. Definitely. <clears throat> I could totally see that. Um I mean that movie I'm going to wait a little bit before I watch it again. Um because I don't know. I think and it's a good thing. Movies for me, I don't I don't get to enjoy music as much as I used to because I have to think about it, which and I kind of go automatically go to that mode when I listen to music unfortunately and I have to try and tear myself away from it and just listen for fun or enjoyment, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah. movies, I don't know shit about movies and I don't want to because it doesn't constrict what I would like or Don't like based on something technical about the film or something. You know what I mean? Like I can just kind of sit down and let myself go with the movie. Whether it's comedy, whether it's something like this. The point of saying that is just movies like that kind of stick with me for a while. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. And it's one of those things. Yeah, it's like I don't need to feel quite like that again too quickly. (laughs) Right away. Yeah. Yeah, not in a bad way. Just super intense you know but uh, I can see it being a movie that I will go back to again maybe in six months maybe a year and it's those kind of movies seem like the kind of movies that are like albums that obviously they don't change themselves but where you are in life kind of dictates how you see that piece of music every time Mm -hmm. and how that changes you know what I mean Yeah. And I feel like that movie is one of those things. Anyway. All right. We got Bob Remington. And the subject says, all encompassing trip completed. And there's a screenshot of what looks like the Apple podcast app with our logo on it. And it says, you're all caught up. He says, A blistering 98 show set list has been completed in order. <laughs> I started this journey back in February. I emailed you a couple of times along the way, and now that I'm current, current I have to say I'm embarrassed by some of the things I said, uh, i.e. <laughs> I'm your oldest fan, etc. I remember that email. No, don't feel embarrassed at all, man. He says, What do I want to t- uh, What?" I do want to tell you is thank you for what you have done. When you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror, you should be very proud of what you've created. Starting with your love of Pearl Jam and your desire to To discuss it into microphones to see if anyone would listen you have inspired this whole network of podcasts uh, and he lists uh, porch live on four legs better band and more to come I'm sure it's just wonderful to have hours in a week where I can listen to discussions about the band I sold my soul to years ago (laughs) listening to you and now some of the others has triggered so many great show memories and has really caused me to he says, "Quote: Start over and re-examine every aspect of my Pearl Jam journey that started in '91. Thank you a thousand times over for your time and effort. This has been the greatest thing for me to listen to. So now that you're approaching your one hundredth show, you should take a bow and be very proud. You've created something special, and you are the gold standard for the Pearl Jam discussion. <laughs> Damn. Well, I am. Mean, thank dude. you, but I, I, I mean don't thanks know for everything that. you said. But uh, <laughs> yeah." great job and thank you uh keep it up i look forward to the next 100 episodes Mm. he says uh oh here's hoping for album number 11 soon amen to that man yeah i would love a new record uh thanks bob Remington. and then he says unsolicited album rankings below (laughs) fuck it i'm gonna read it here we go yeah let's do it <laughs> he went ahead. I didn't see this before. Okay, he has a list of eleven <laughs> because he went ahead and released yes. the unreleased <laughs> album that hasn't come out yet. So, oh, uh, Bob, I love it, Bob. Um, okay, so number eleven is Backspacer. Number ten is Vitology. Whoa. Oh yeah, God, that kind of hurts. That's, but not does. judging, just kind of hurts me. Mm. Uh, number nine. It hasn't even come out yet, and it's beating Vitology <laughs> is the unreleased album. Uh, number eight is Riot Act. Number seven is Binaural. Number six is Self-Titled. Number five is Yield. Number four is Lightning Bolt. Number three is No Code. Number two is Ten, and number one is Verses. Nice list, that, That's man. a wild list. It is wild, but that's that, a good I, list.
2: I, Vitology, like, man. And you know
1: I'm like a huge, you know, supporter of the Lightning Bolt record. And he has that at number mm-hmm. four, but I'm even right. like, mm, you put right. that, you put Lightning Bolt, Lightning Bolt before Yield, yeah, and Vitology. I get he, it though. But man, he
2: likes. I mean, he likes versus antenna and ten and no know. code. I know, but Vitology's way at the bottom. It that's, is a unique
1: list. I like it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Glad definitely. we read it. Um, but yeah, but seriously, thank you, Bob, for all the the, uh, the nice things you said about us and the show. That's
1: man, thanks uh, for sticking with us feels, too. Yeah,
2: yeah. Ninety nine episodes. episodes. Man, could you listen to us for like four months straight? No.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, you know that makes sense though because i listen to other people like that like there's been other podcasts that you know i found later on or whatever and i would just just fucking burn through yeah that's true all right thanks bob thanks everyone for your emails if you would like to email us you can send that email to singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com you can hit us up on social media uh what else Oh, Patreon, of course. Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash theory for all of that information. And I guess without any further ado, if you have Boy, hold on, you got something?
2: Patreon. We got two oh, that's right. patrons that's this right. week. Well, in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Lewis Thanks, Brandon. signed up. Thank you Brandon. And I think I'm pretty sure John Cartmel, Cartmell is is a returning patron.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. So, thanks guys. Thank you. Appreciate both it so, so much. much.
2: Totally. Really mean that.
1: All right, now let's get into episode 99 and immortality.
0: A cigar box on the floor A two-and-five tone And I wish you'd hold on to It's saw the trapdoor
1: So, we're both fans of this, I would assume. 100%. Okay, cool. This is not one I expected us to have some weird argument about. So, no, basically, dude. this is just going to be gushing about immortality. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. cool. Uh, well, how do you want to start it off?
2: Um, I mean, I'll give you some basic facts cool. about the song. Um, uh-huh. It's Obviously, it was on Vitalogy. And to me, it's the final track. On Vitology. <laughs> Some people think of uh, Foxy Mama. How do you say it? Foxy Mop Ma Panel Mama. Right. It's me. Right. That's the final track. But for me, this is the final track. Um, it was released as the third single off the album, uh, June 6th of 95, which um, I guess Vitalogy came out in November of 94 and uh, written by Ed, pretty much. I mean, I right. guess the whole band gets credit. But it's obviously an Ed song. Sure. Um, it was first performed live at the Boston Garden on April 11th of 94, which is kind of crazy, but kind of uh, par for the course for Pearl Jam because Vitology didn't even come out till November of right. that year. So freaking April, they're already playing the song. And I don't know. That's probably about... The biggest, the biggest thing, I guess, the biggest difference of that April performance is the lyrics took on, uh, a, I guess, a different meaning. Or there's a lot of like talk about what this song is about, right. especially because that April performance had different lyrics than what came out on the album, and Kurt Cobain had killed himself just a few days before this song came out. So there's a lot of talk about what the song is about, if it's about Kurt, you know, it's a, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, you want to go ahead and talk about that part of it? Sure. I mean, because on one hand, you know, it's like, the, okay, so the, fir- the album's not out yet. Uh, the world just lost Kurt. And within days of that happening, they're playing this new song. And... Then the record comes out. And, you know, different lyrics from what was live. And we'll listen to that, actually, here in just a few Mm -hmm. minutes. But I get, you know, what he said in regards to the lyrics that at the time he had said something about... I actually thought I had the quote right here. Here it is. He said... Oh, he was asked if if it was about Kurt. He said, no, that was written when we were on tour in Atlanta. It's not about Kurt. Nothing on the album was written directly about Kurt. And I don't feel like talking about him because it might be seen as exploitation. But I think there might be some things in the lyrics that you could read into and maybe will answer some questions or help you understand the pressures on someone who is on a parallel train. So while, yes, technically he might not have written the song, you know, like from Kurt's perspective or directly talking about that. But when you hear him talk about this parallel train thing combined with, I don't feel like talking about him and I don't want it to be seen as me taking advantage of the situation, right? Like to Mm -hmm. me, that all says... As far as we would consider it, yeah, like Kurt was probably the inspiration for this song. And and in the sense that he also feels the same
2: things. Well, but. that's what I was gonna say. I think this song is about Eddie. I really think that he wrote this song about things he was feeling and The sad thing is that Kurt killed himself right around the same time this this song was going to come out or was being written. Hmm. So I think – I definitely think they played it for Kurt Mm -hmm. because Eddie was probably going through a lot of the same shit at the same time. Right. And that's why he wrote it. And everyone just – tries to put two and two together that, Oh, it's written about Kurt. But I don't, I mean, I think he's trying to tell us when he says, you know, the parallel train thing, like he's saying, no, it's not about Kurt. It's about me. Right. (laughs) You know? And I was going, I'm going through the same things that Kurt was going through.
1: You win. I like your thoughts better.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you. I I don't know. That's just how I feel. And then I think the changing of the lyrics when the album came out, I think there's a nod to Kurt with the whole cigar box on the floor thing. Right. Well, I, I think that it's Even not if a, I, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I know he denies it, and he still denies it, that it's about Kurt. And it, it's, I don't think it is, but I think the cigar box on the floor specifically, that line, is to Kurt. Because if people don't know, I think he had a cigar box with like lyrics in it or something, well, I think
1: it was a little scar box that he also kept his drugs in, I think.
2: Oh, that's what it was. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that was found, like, right next to him. Yeah, it was next to the chair.
1: Yeah. Well, as far as the lyrics, though, I wouldn't, like, the way I look at lyrics, anyway, in this kind of context, is I think these these Boston performances, if I remember right, both those nights had different lyrics from each other.
2: Yeah, the and first and second night. I think it's one of
1: those, and this is kind of a window into how how a lot of people write and how I think Eddie writes a lot of times, especially with the band, is that he will bring to them a chord structure and a melody with some of his mumble lyrics and some of those words Mm -hmm. that kind of stream of consciousness pop out, I think he uses as like anchor points because there are certain lines that he repeats in the two Boston nights and ended up Being basically, you know, little parts of the lyric in the final version, too. Right. I just feel like those two nights were them kind of jamming it out and him searching for lyrics the way he does sometimes. And then by the time the record came out and they had recorded it, he had kind of gone into the woodshed and figured it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it's like you said, it's it's a good window into like. The writing process, you know?
2: Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's interesting how they've they've done that before. They'll play songs, uh, almost like a comedian, like, trying out new bits or new jokes. It's
1: almost exactly the same,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, they'll play, like, I don't know when the song was written. Well, I guess he said in Atlanta when they were on tour, but, like, um, I don't know. It just seems like, we just wrote this song not too long ago, let's just try it out. And he's just coming up with lyrics, Either on the fly or just, you know, um, he just has like a skeleton of words that he's going to use.
1: Yeah. Well, I know that I, and I should start doing it again, but I always would try and make it to <clears throat> like an open mic writer's night type thing, like just show up and play kind of thing mm-hmm. whenever I could.
2: One slam he- poetry. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, it was all music. It was all songs. But uh, <laughs> one, to keep my, it helped keep my voice in shape. Like right, right now, my voice is in terrible shape because I've not been singing. I've just been playing. And mm-hmm. I'm about to start recording some stuff with this band I'm in. And I'm kind of in that oh shit moment because I'm not singing all the time. But the other part of going and doing that was when I had... Uh, a song that maybe the night before or earlier that week I'd come up with the same kind of thing where I don't have lyrics but I have this basic arrangement and chord structure and I am I feel like it's something good I feel connected to it and I feel like I'm getting something out when I'm singing it, singing it even if I don't have it finished yet and I would take those things to open mic nights because you can tell when there's people listening to you it, you could tell real quick like when you have them and when you don't or like it, it'll show you that maybe you know you're playing the intro and you go into the verse and you kind of feel like you've got them and then you go to the chorus and then people start talking again <laughs> you know what I mean or something like that like you <laughs> yeah. lose them and you're like oh no that yeah, that chorus is not strong It helps you work that kind of shit out, just like a comic would, like you were saying, with timing. Like, oh, I should use this word and a pause right here instead of just blowing through what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? It's that timing stuff, and you get that immediate feedback from people listening to you. If they can kind of jump on the ride with you or not, you know?
2: Yeah. Uh, Well, we should mention, too, they played this in Boston last year, and they he kind of changed up he kind of he. they were the lyrics were different again um, they were close to the the original version mm-hmm. but even even this time they he kind of sang some a little bit different lyrics
1: well do you want to go ahead and uh, let's listen to that Performance, you want to do that?
2: Sure, this is the Orpheum. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and so this is not technically the first time they played it live because they played it the night before this. Um, But the audio for that sucks. Yeah, there's so we're gonna use (laughs) if you want to check it out.
2: It's go on, yeah. If you want to check out the original first one, just look up uh, Immortality Boston boston garden yeah and it's april 11th what we're going to hear is from the orpheum show which was april 12th and this was um this was a whatchamacallit fan club show right yeah
1: man like an orpheum that'd be awesome mm. yeah all right so this is april 12th at the orpheum, orpheum the second time immortality had been played that was different in mm. a way the only lyric that I heard I was listening through the whole thing that that kind of stayed is the tag line in, into I guess the chorus the or the end of the chorus I mean the, he says here in this version I die just to live and then mm-hmm. immortality whereas on the yeah. record it's some die just to live right right but everything else was still in the spirit but you could tell he was he was still searching for words and seeing what would come up and
2: well to me it's interesting like the this version almost every single line starts with i like i could do this yep. i could do that i won't stay yep. and the vitology version is way more like poetic i guess
1: yeah it's more about a we than an I yeah which just kind of lends to the parallel train idea mm-hmm. with him and Kirk cause yeah it doesn't the this version is very um obviously self reflective I guess right but, um little jam at the end
2: yeah I love it I love weird that. little
1: jam at the end yeah Good old Jack. Thundering away back there.
2: Mm-hmm. No, is it Jack? Oh, was he, was he, was Dave fired already? April 94? I don't, oh. Now I'm, I don't know.
1: Because how many shows, I know we've been over it. It's all jumbled in yeah. my brain, though. How many shows did he play?
2: I'm pretty sure this is Dave A. Is it? Yeah.
1: Huh. I look it up.
2: I could be wrong.
1: No, you might be right. I, I mean, wasn't I wasn't really listening to it at the <clears> time for I just kind of yeah, figured because, it was Jack
2: cuz um, Dave A was out like right before the album came out.
1: Yeah, cuz I always get confused because Jack is technically on Vital- Vitology, right?
2: Yeah, so because I mean,
1: Dave was fired by the time it came out, so I just couldn't remember he, how many of those shows. He in only
2: there. plays on on Foxy Mop Handle. Yeah, the rest of the album is Dave,
1: right? I just mean all I'm saying is for my my own head in the timeline that he was fired before the record came out, which means yes. that they probably weren't touring. Because they were doing the record, and I know he did like a couple shows. I just couldn't remember what they were. If, yeah. If these no,
2: were... this is this is this is Dave.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah. The, I guess now that I think about it, it's that that ride symbol sounds very Davey. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, all the band stuff's so intact though. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about. Yeah. It's. Go ahead. I think we were going to say the same thing. So go ahead.
1: Okay. <laughs> let's just talk about the record version then. Yeah. I mean, the big thing for me is on hearing this version, and this is not a criticism, it's just an observation, you know, they're just kind of jamming the song out, and it makes me realize a couple things. Uh, we've already kind of talked about the lyric, and we can kind of get more into mm-hmm. that, but there, are, there is such, like, finish on the record version, obviously, and it, it has so many things. Like, Mike's playing through, like, what sounds like a, like a metal resonator guitar for the lead. Cause it's not an acoustic, but it's not an electric. It's that metallic sounding, kind yeah. of thin guitar sound that he's playing the lead and stuff on in his part. Kind of like I mean, he might have used a resonator. I think he used a resonator on one song in uh, the Unplugged performance. Probably would have been the same type of guitar that he used for this. And it's so you just realize how distinct it is when you hear this mm-hmm. this early version where they're just kind of jamming it out. Mike Mike's presence as far as parts is definitely missed on this earlier stuff, you know. Yeah. Same with Eddie's ability to take a lyric and you realize that it actually doesn't make sense. Like the line coming up a which way sign. You know, talking about like a fork in the road, probably, that right. kind of analogy, but there's nothing called a which way sign, is there? Right,
2: I don't think so.
1: Maybe in some I, other English-speaking country <clears> or something, but no, I've never that's, heard that before.
2: I think that's uh, an example of Eddie messing with the English language, right? You know,
1: and that's what I, I've always—I think I've mentioned this before. I try and keep that in the back of my head somehow because I, I, I wish I could do that more easily because in my head I would have gone even if I had just kind of spat it out real quick trying to write lyrics yeah just kind of ad libbing I would have gone oh well yeah okay yeah I'm talking about a fork in the road here but there's no such thing as a which way sign so I can't use that and he right. and he's just like well, that's what I said you know what I mean <laughs> yeah
2: yeah <laughs> you know what I mean it's yeah. so
1: cool and I, I don't know it's like unless that's just one of his trademarks, as we've talked about before. Yeah. Right. Making nonsensical yeah. lyrics make total fucking sense. What is this song ye- for you, though? Like, do you attach this song to anything in particular or. Um,
2: not really, no. I mean, the lyrics to me are so. Um, I mean, they're obvious on the one hand, but they're they're very uh, abstract on the other hand, Mm -hmm. to me. Sure. I've never been, like, someone that understands poetry, and I take everything so literal... Right. ...that it's hard for me to figure out what he's trying to say on songs like this. That's why, like... I I mean, I like Nirvana, I like their music, but I never understood why people get so attached to their lyrics because a lot of his lyrics are nonsense. Don't yeah. They're just nonsense words that fit the melody and that's it. Right. And Eddie is like to me the opposite. Like mm-hmm. most of his songs are right. like I totally can assign my own emotional value to what he's saying. Right. But this song in particular, I don't I I don't understand a lot of what he's saying. I, you know, I I get the suicidal feelings and that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. but I take, like I said, I take the stuff so literal, like there's a trapdoor in the sun. Like I have no idea what he's trying to say.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't either. I don't know what that means, (laughs) but I guess that's the whole thing is you just kind of, That's not necessarily, it's a cool, it's a cool lyric, but I I don't, you -hmm. know, he might have something that it means specifically, but, but something like as privileged as a whore, right? That's not, that's a concept. You know what I mean? Right. But you kind of know exactly, you just don't know who the whore is in this analogy necessarily. Mm -hmm. Right. You're able to apply that to whatever you want to. Yeah. Uh, Victims in demand for public show. That's yeah. that's a great line and you can yeah. kind of put that on a that, couple of things yeah, too. Yeah, I get
2: that. That sums up everything that both of these guys were going through in the early 90s, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean that surrendered executed anyhow I feel like in the context of some of the stuff we talked about, that's that's a pretty powerful line yeah you know just the high like hold up motherfuckers i i said i said i give up (laughs) they still write me yeah you know what i mean
2: yeah i guess to answer your question like this song i don't think about the words and the meanings as much as just listening to the song and like loving the music and loving the the melody and how how he sings it. It's almost like <laughs> this might sound stupid, but like um if it was like a foreign song like in a different mm-hmm. language and I was just repeating phonetically what I'm hearing right. because the song, the music, the melody is so good. Right. That's that's how I you know, most Pearl Jam music songs I get super into and super emotional about. Right. This one's not one of them, as far as huh. like emotional goes. But oh. I do, I mean, from a from the lyric, the lyrical, gotcha. stance yeah, yeah. part of this song. But man, I love the music and the, the like when they jam on it live at the end. That's like one of my favorite things to hear live.
1: Yeah, and not jam because now Mike just goes nuts solo world, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a weird jam out at the end of this first mm-hmm. one. I love <laughs> shit like that though, man. Yeah. Um
2: No, it just adds adds to the like flavor of the song. Yeah, it's for sure. It's just like a sl- slow build up.
1: Well, and I know I said this probably 50 times in our 99 episodes, but it's <laughs> just another example like what you're talking about is another good example of Them being this band where it's, you know, this song, again, being proof of it that you can not know what the lyrics are if you're not a lyrics person and you're still going to be moved and it's going to fit a vibe and it can put you in a place or whatever. But then if you choose to go into the lyrics, then you've got this whole other world to it as well you know you don't have to yeah. have the lyrics necessarily the music like you said is, is good and yeah I could listen to this if it was a band from another language I feel like I could totally feel the same kind of things with it you know mm-hmm. um what else you got for this one
2: um what do you think of this song versus um what's the slow burn on verses indifference indifference yeah as a comparison yeah i kind of i always kind of compare because like all of almost all of their albums or the first few at least have like a slow burn at the end like release indifference immortality you know Mm -hmm. um around the bend. like where does this line up you like the best of those slow burn songs I'm sure release is probably your favorite <clears throat> but just between this and, and Indifference like I compare the, those two because they sound similar to me
1: yeah for me I can't I get what you're saying and I would consider them I don't know if I would put the, those two in the same category personally though because mm. they don't sound the same to me at all and th- I think in I guess just it's a the feeling
2: sense, maybe the songs don't sound the same but the feeling I get when I listen yeah, to both of those songs Yeah, they're both
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um I think Immortality is just a more kind of mature song. Oh yeah. But I mean you know how much I love Indifference. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of feel like there is it shows a growth again like they did they did release which is like a roadmap song for all kinds of other stuff, not just Pearl Jam, but then you've got indifference, which other than Eddie's vocal, the band stays just super fucking chill the whole time. Like whatever Dave's doing with the percussion, with like the tambourine hits and stuff like that, like they don't even have a mic on him. You're just, you can tell by listening to it, you're just hearing his percussion picking up in the other mics in the room you know what i mean it's just so vibey and fucking well yeah just a bunch of dudes sitting quietly in a room around a bunch of mics playing a song you know and then this is to me the big difference is just like full-on full band like guitar solo uh loud drums in the chorus so to me it, I would almost it, it's almost like to me it comes in between a song like it's on the path from Trimmer Christ to get to Indifference or Release or something like that you know what I mean? because it is mm-hmm. ballady when Tremor Christ yeah. isn't right but it's way further away from ballady than Indifference and Release are to me yeah so God, I think way too much about this shit.
2: <laughs> well, Jesus. that's why we do this. I know. <clears throat>
1: yeah, man. I mean, this song for me is always... It's just been one of those... The uh, What's the word for it? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a song that helps me feel less alone when I'm feeling a little bit... Beaten up or misunderstood mm-hmm. in a way. It's because it's not whiny. No. I don't feel like this
2: one song is whiny. No, he's it, It's very like uh, questioning. Like he's questioning all this stuff. Yeah. You know, he's not complaining so much about it as he's questioning. Like uh, questioning, and also, um, what is it? Um, God damn. (laughs) Um, Well,
1: maybe we're kind of going to say the same thing, but to me, that uh, coming up a which way sign, all good truants must decide, to me, that is, for me personally, if I had to pick one line to sum up the song, I kind of think that's it for me. Mm. And the, the whole song is about a decision, and cuz it uh, again he's not he doesn't sound whiny or pity partyish to me in this no, he's just no. it's like he's telling someone like here's here's the deal like objectively this is this is what's happened or this is this is the fork in the road that i've come to and i've just got to make a fucking choice right now
2: mm-hmm. about my life
1: like that's what this song kind of feels like to me from like a conceptual standpoint.
2: He's kind of like point he's just pointing out like this this shit this bad shit that goes on. Like I don't I wish I could talk. I wish I could say what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Does that make sense? You need a minute? I, dude, it's no, I no, I need like a fucking 20 years to try and figure out what i'm trying to say so i'm sorry
1: yeah i mean i think uh, maybe to to wrap it up in a way that's the thing is that we've just spent i don't know what it's been 10 minutes talking about different you know kind of general classifications that we have for this song and it doesn't quite fit into any of them I i right i think there some of these slow burn songs when you list all those, and even the ones that aren't quote unquote on a record like Long Road or something, that you know, they're the, the, all those songs you would put in a mixtape together, right? Because they all kind of they're all that right. kind of pearl Jam. That feeling. But yeah. when you really look at each song, they're to me, they're just completely different songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, release and immortality, pff, yeah, uh, they're mid tempo, dark. Whatever, but that's about it as far as similarities, you know? Yeah. And then you take Long Road versus... I don't know. What's another one? Uh, Long Road versus Indifference.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
1: totally different. Yeah. So that's what I love about a man.
2: Well, I just feel like this song was written before Kurt killed himself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he probably started it
2: before. But it was like this is what could happen. Like, this is what we're going through. This is what could happen. And then Kurt kills himself. And I just have to, I feel like Eddie's like, see, this is what I was trying to, this is, yes, this is what I was trying to tell you, you know? Yep. That's true, man. Man,
1: I knew that I wanted to talk about this song for some reason, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of changed some ways that I think about this song now.
2: Yeah. How are you doing? You good? Yeah. Do I not right, sound yeah. good? No, but okay. I don't know. Maybe you wanted to talk to the, talk about this for a reason. Yeah, maybe.
1: I don't know. I just was thinking the other day, and I was like, let's do a song episode. And then for some reason, just Immortality. I, I knew that I wanted to maybe do an earlier song, and I actually was going to present a song from 10. But I looked through it, and I mm-hmm. was like... I guess nothing was really speaking to me right now. And then I flipped through verses. And then got to the Vitalogy, I was like, ooh, Immortality. Let's do that shit. Yeah.
2: That kind of it's such sense. a good song. It's such a just, I mean, there's a lot of good versions out there, too. Like, if you look up um, Shoreline Amphitheater from 94, which is like an acoustic, kind of pretty much acoustic version. Uh-huh. Um, they played this at Benaroya Hall. Obviously, the, the Boston version we just heard is cool. but And then the Boston 2018 version is really good. Right.
1: Sorry if I just sounded checked out, because now that you say all that, <laughs> and I think about everything that I just said about how I view this song, yeah, man, I feel like I, <laughs> I am at one of those, like, shit or get off the pot moments with mm-hmm. certain things in my life. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. It's funny how that can work sometimes, or maybe I just mm-hmm. made it all fit. But um,
2: a little from column A, yeah, a little, a from column little, from there, a little from
1: column B, there, little from over here, got something new. All right, cool. Well, that was fun. I hope I had
2: fun. I liked it.
1: I like it, man. I'm down right. with it. <laughs> I- all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Again, if you want to email us, singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com, Say hi on the social medias. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash singlepodcasttheory. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. And, oh my God, <laughs> did you
2: just burp? No, it was like a hiccup kind uh, of thing. all right? Sorry. Yeah. Need yeah, the Heimlich sorry. remover? You're cool? <laughs> all right.
1: We'll oh shit, dude! We'll be back for episode one hundred.
2: Mm. Ooh,
1: hell yeah, man! One hundred, dude! What have we what have we created here? I don't know. It's crazy. But I like it. Yeah. All right, we'll be back next week. I'm Brad Lyons,
2: <laughs> and I am Brad Blazik Saying, "Take me as is. I don't need this. Peace. See ya."
0: I said, no, I'm dead. Ah, that was high. Fuck yeah.